welcome to The Near Memo, a weekly conversation about search, social, and commerce. What happened, why it matters, and the implications for local. All right, welcome back to episode 35 of The Near Memo with Dave and Mike and me, Greg Sterling, and we're excited to be talking to you about everything that happened in the week of search, social, and commerce with a local twist, angle, lens, inflection, uh... <laughs> Um, so, uh, as always, tons of tons and tons going on. It's always hard to sort of select these topics because there's so many in- interesting things to talk about. But first, Mike is going to talk about some of the Google Shopping-related announcements that came out um, yesterday, I believe. Right. So, specifically, he, Lens. Specifically, Lens. Right. So, Lens came out a number of years ago, and it, it has evolved using Google's Vision AI to be very good at identifying whatever's in. The visual frame of reference. It it literally will give you a singular answer when you drop an image in there, and it got very it's gotten very good at that. But it's never been tied into a more uh, complete search query where you can ask questions or shop around it. With the announcement of Mum at the Google I/O, they've developed a you know net, uh, AI that integrates language and images into a singular sort of experience. And they're talking about doing that with Lens. Um, and so you can, for example, in iOS, you'll see a, uh, a new button in the Google app to, that you can make all the images on the pages searchable through Google Lens. And then they can deliver them back in a shopping experience or whatever. Uh, so, and you can add, a, I, my understanding is you can add context to the image and enhance your search as well. So, you know, the search results have been coming more visual and Google's vision AI has gotten better over the last few years, but now they're sort of merging sort of the written and and the spoken word with the image for a new experience. And I think to me, it's not significant in the specific of it, but in the arc of it. So I would open I think it to you. Good, no, I think that's a, a good take uh, in the parlance of our time. Um, I think that the, I, I, as with as with many uh, features that Google rolls out, right, you never know which one is really going to hit. But I think that the, that directionally, I totally agree with you that it signals Google's overarching commitment to images as a key piece of the search exp- or visual, visuals even as a key piece of the search um, experience. And, and I think it's something that from our standpoint as, or at least Mike and yours in my background as sort of traditional SEOs, I think that our industry as a whole radically underemphasizes uh, images and videos in the search experience and the conversion experience. Um, and in the this, ranking experience. In, in the ranking experience. And that this should be a, another wake up call um, to really think about how, how strong a role or how large a role images play. Well, and just just from a consumer standpoint, I mean, people repeatedly value images and value video um, in making decisions. So there's a there's that side of it as well. It's like just in catering to the customer and their needs, delivering a better experience. There's an ex- I guess experimental, but it's been around for quite a while. That if you do a search on a product in a local market, Google under the pack will surface a search by images interface, and it's a totally visual. It's 
uh, is a Pinteresty like interface where you click in and you see panels. All you see is the star rating. You don't see anything more, a picture and the star rating, the business name, totally visual interface to local, to products, to items. And it's not been written about hardly at all. And yet I, it, to me, it's really part and parcel of this bigger trend. Uh, and going to impact local as much as more maybe than it impacts anything else. And it's an area too, like David pointed out, the businesses, you look at pictures and it's like, oh my God, they're terrible. They're absolutely disgusting. They let customers upload the total crap. They never report them. They don't, you know, well, it's, or it's clip. You know, well, you've got a, you've got a, you've got a sort of a, um, um, I don't know what to call it. It's a kind of an image SEO suppress the negative customer images by flooding the zone with all your, professionally produced, uh, you know, good, good looking pictures. I mean, that's going to be something that people need to pay more attention to. Yeah. I mean, one of the things I've learned in playing with the images over the last couple of months is Google ranks the top 10 images uh, that they want to show. You can, Mm -hmm. I mean, they're ranking everything and they are ranking images. And so it's critical that, you know, that you do that. But so it just, it's a big, I just see it as the biggest trend in local that, as David points out, has gone largely unappreciated. Although there were at least two talks at White Sparks conference this week about images and the importance of doing them in local. So I think that's beginning to change. And even in my presentation, which wasn't explicitly about images, one of the questions was, how do you optimize images for, for Google? Um, so it's maybe something that business owners are, you know, sort of have a sixth sense for, uh, or at least the, the savvier ones do. But um, I think, yeah, as marketers, we we tend to focus on, you know, reviews and title tags and site architecture and internal links. And, you know, meanwhile, the first thing that customers look at on their homepage in air quotes uh, on Google is, is the image. So uh, just start start to pay more attention to that would be a, a good takeaway. The interesting thing about the last local search ranking factors is that, Darren, um, you know, you, you had the traditional ranking factors, which, of course, is derivative of the work that you originally did, David. Um, but then he did conversion factors, right? So that was an interesting thing. What, what, you know, what was getting people sort of across the the threshold? And I don't think images, you know, reviews are all in the top three. I think, but I, I suspect that images will make their way up that list uh, eventually because I do think that they're a, 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 an important conversion factor. A C- couple of last kind of comments. So Snap, Snapchat, Snap, uh, Pinterest, as you mentioned, Mike. Uh, Amazon, um, you know, also doing doing visual search to varying degrees. I mean, Amazon introduced a, a visual search tool years ago, and they seem to have done not much with it. It's sort of there. You can search barcodes. You can look pointed at objects, and it's pretty good. It doesn't seem to have materially changed from what I can tell. I don't use it that much, but I use it sometimes. Pinterest, I think, is pretty good, very much like what you describe in the Google Lens shopping experience. And... Um, uh, I'm not not really a Snapchat user, although my kids are. Um, so, but they're definitely doing a visual search uh, kind of play as well. So, consistent with what you're saying. Um, and there's no, no segue. Good, no, 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 there's good no good segue let here. Me, let me no. let me let me let me come up with one. Let me come up with one. When I'm looking for a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> no. After looking I, at the pictures, item number I, two in this week's near memo is uh, Yelp rolling out their their new guest management uh, app. I guess it's a web app uh, for restaurants. Um, 
software product for restaurants to deal with not just the wait list, which they acquired a company uh, several years ago that dealt with wait lists, but um, also sort of table management and guest interactions and and these kinds of things. Uh, so they rolled they rolled this out. It's a essentially a purely SaaS product, uh, and I think. My over my overwhelming reaction to it was fairly positive from a strategic standpoint, and certainly what you can see in their their product landing page uh, seems to be fairly well executed. Um, I don't think Yelp has ever lacked for uh, for quality engineers and and product uh, sort of designers. Um, so I think that it, it looks it looks compelling from a, a restaurant user standpoint. I think the the bigger question that which Mike brought up on Twitter. Uh, is you know can Yelp can can a super, what appears to be a superior product uh, overcome Yelp's sort of branding problems with their restaurant customers? Um, and I think that that remains to be remains to be seen. I think that potentially Yelp's better uh, better customer base and maybe the one that they're really targeting this towards, even though their language appears to be very single mom and pop restaurant focused, maybe the yeah. the adoption will really come from multi location and and enterprise. Uh, restaurants who want to convert to a sort of more modern um, platform, but but strategically, I think you know, Mike, you and I had talked several years ago in our Street Fight column about Yelp's need to move away from this uh, CPM CPC kind of crappy banner, you know, uh, advertising largely product into something that's more more traditional SaaS that actually helps their customers. I think this is a, a strong effort um, in that regard, and I would just say it is. Interesting that as much as Yelp likes to tout how much they're diversifying revenue, ad revenue anyway, uh, outside of the restaurant vertical, that this is a very deeply uh, focused restaurant vertical SaaS offering as opposed to something that's um, targeting multiple service type businesses or anything like that. So um, an interesting release uh, seems like a, a pretty nice release uh, on the surface. And the, the question is, is how well will it get adopted? It may, it it's interesting too, though. Will it increase or decrease the conflict around reviews with their with the people who use this product? Uh, and it depends on how they approach it, right? Who is their customer, and how are they servicing them? And in the past, they've always viewed their customer as the as the end user, and they told the businesses to take a hike. And obviously, that's an attitude that doesn't work very well in SaaS. So, so that's right. And, and Greg, you brought up the point, though, that, that, you know, potentially there is a way for this to help customers solicit genuine reviews from actual Yelp users. Um, they've uh, I guess you don't have to be a Yelp user to to be a guest in this product, but uh, theoretically, they'd be able to to help you do things like collect reviews from from guests, which they've done for. Uh, app Yelp app users who have have redeemed an offer uh, for a long time to, to follow up with them about their experience. So it it seems like a natural extension of that mindset that hey a a, a feedback request from a legitimate uh, Yelp customer is is a could lead to a legitimate Yelp review. Yeah, I I I pitched this idea years ago now to Luther Lowe at Yelp and I said, you know, you, you, you really could transform your whole relationship with small businesses if you um, solicited reviews on their behalf with, with some of your, with some of your, res you know, once they started sort of doing uh, reservation tools and other and RFP tools and things that could, could verify that the person was actually a customer of the business. And he, he sort of disputed that, you know, the, the, he thought that could be gamed e equally but I think this is a key, 
thing that they need to do. They really need to start helping businesses get reviews from legitimate customers. And that's the, that's the path toward healing for them. <laughs> um, um, I, you know, it's interesting. Just I looked quickly while you were talking at the market cap of Toast and Yelp, you know, because Toast, <laughs> which is a point of sale system right. and marketing platform for restaurants, just went public. And their market cap, you know, it's this euphoric early days, of course, and they haven't reported revenues, uh, you know, for multiple quarters. Their market cap is basically 10x of what Yelp is, 25.7 billion hmm. today. And Yelp is uh, 2.7 and change, 2.76 billion. Hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's really striking. You know, Yelp is now afflicted by the problems that the traditional directory publishers, the old Yellow Pages and old media companies uh, had, which was the perception that their days were numbered, there was no growth there. And Yelp, you know, by doing this kind of SaaS product, may start to change the discussion around their future, they'll have to sort of back it up. But I don't I don't know where they would go next after this from a vertical perspective. But um, I, you know, it's I mean, interesting. I think home, home services, services. Would not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Moving moving more into the thumbtack uh, sort of verticals with a a business operations product for them, I think could be yeah. a, a, yeah, a you're natural right. next step. So, well, they they already do you know lead gen RFPs, and they do and they do. I've used the messaging product with with businesses, and it, it it works pretty well. So they could build a couple more tools in there and have something that would be be pretty interesting scheduling. Uh, invoicing, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Although, you know, at Gather Up, we interacted with Toast. We had an early multi-location client that wanted to integrate with Toast. And Toast was totally open with their API and they worked with us. So we could build the integration. You know, many of these companies now want Charger for integrations, all this crazy stuff. I have a little trouble imagining a company like whoever, a, a SaaS product, wanting to interact with Yelp and accessing their APIs in a rational reasonable open way it's just it's like hard for me to even envision Yelp so, acting that way so they did uh re release this guest management uh product with olo and one other punch punch punch, um, punch. so but, you know but is, that a, both... is it an open api will they work with anybody or is it just right. this is what we're it's, a, it's a business all, thing i suspect all valid questions right and those are those are fairly scaled uh startups in, oh, right. in themselves so you know whether the next gather up will will want to integrate with a Yelp API. I think it's a really good question. So, so um, on that note, uh, it's my turn to talk about tough, uh, tough week for segues, man. Yes, really tough. well, I you know it's <laughs> so I'm wearing this game. Okay, so I'm I'm wearing I'm I'm not wearing it right now because it's on my bathroom uh, uh, sink. But I'm I'm wearing the the Halo band that uh, Amazon put out, and I did it I did it to 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 do to use it as a sleep tracker, and and you know it's been it's been very interesting. But um, the last night it didn't even register. I had so little sleep it just didn't even register, <laughs> and it shames you if you don't have enough sleep. Ooh, poor that last night was poor. <laughs> but but anyway, is that, effect, is that effective? Is that going to help you sleep better the next? No, night? no, it I mean, is. It, it is. It is actually. It is actually interesting to see. It's it's a it's a pretty good product. It's it's and they're expanding it. Um, it, it, which is brings me to what I'm going to start talking about. Um, it is a pretty good product. They've got it. They've got a sort of a 2.0 version with a Fitbit like screen uh, that they announced at their hardware event yesterday. 
And they uh, see that was a sort of stealth segue that I just did. Um, so Amazon had this big hardware event where they announced a wide range of things. There's a couple of interesting services, kind of quasi services, but mostly it was hardware, Echo devices, um, new Halo thing, bigger, bigger, many variations on existing existing devices. But what was striking to me was the the um, the Astro robot. Astro was, of course, the Jetsons' dog's name for those that remember the Jetsons, and it's a it's a described as an Alexa on wheels, or it's like a like a Roomba with a you know with a screen or something. It's like a robot vacuum. Um, it'll follow you around. You can interact with it. You can do video calls. I guess you can do anything you can sort of do on one of their screens with voice control. You can do on this. Um, and they, you know, they make it this very playful, cute thing uh, in their promotional material. But immediately people start saying, no, this is some insidious, you know, kind of surveillance device that's going to come into your house. And, and it costs $1,000 for the early adopters. And it's going to be $1,500 for those people who wait. And apparently um, so, when it walks off a staircase and breaks, there's no way to ship it back to Amazon from what I could read. Is that, is, is that a real thing? I, I read that. I read that they tend to step off steps, and when they break, there's no repair mechanism at this moment. All right. Well, that sounds like a great product. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but Just a note yeah. on this. I was thinking a lot about why Apple Voice and voice interaction works for me, and it's because I have a phone with me all the time, but then when I get in my car, I have a button I can push. And when I'm not in my car, I'm walking down the street, I have my watch or I'm on my bike or I'm at home and I have a home pad so that voice is ubiquitous for me so that I can learn to interact with it and it can learn me. And, and the problem with having just an in-home product like Facebook wants to do or Amazon's trying to do is that it isn't ubiquitous and you can't develop the necessary habits to use voice in a broad range of well, contexts. but I, I I wouldn't necessarily agree with that because if you've got if you've got Google products and you've got Amazon products and you've got Apple, which I do no, here, they work one of them somewhere. one of them one of them will train you to you, you they work more or less the same, right? You sort of get trained to use Siri or right. trained to use Alexa, Alexa or the Google Assistant, and you could transfer that into these other devices. Now you're in a complete like hermetically sealed Apple world there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All Apple all and, the time. Well, and this is this is what Amazon was talking about yesterday was sort of ambient computing, which is their um, is their way of trying to move beyond the smartphone. You know, Facebook has got glasses that they're trying, you know, the metaverse, whatever. Right, they're trying and, to interact with car. They have car dashes they're working with. But. Right, so, 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 you know, if you've got a smartphone, then that's your sort of anchor asset. I mean, Google's in a little bit of a different position, but if you don't have a smartphone, then you're trying to circumvent or move beyond, transcend the smartphone and say, this is the future. But what was really striking to me about the Astro coverage was how kind of hostile it was right, right out of the gate. You know, it wasn't like in the old days, as we were discussing before this call, in the old days, you would have got these people sort of saying, yeah, this is really cool or this works. It doesn't work well. It costs this much. You know, here's the market for it. Here's the competition. But now you get these pieces that will talk about it being essentially an evil, evil device, you know, coming to do something really dangerous and damaging to you. And that is fundamentally different. And it's been sort of building for a long time. But this, the, 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 the attitude now to these companies is one of, of suspicion and even hostility in many instances. And that's kind of across the board. I think 
Apple gets. I think it Apple's little, an exception. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it gets it a little seeing, bit less. Hmm. I mean, the, speaking, the the speaking of Apple devices listening in, Mike. <laughs> well, yeah, the 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 um the the App Store discussion. You know, Apple has been charged with hypocrisy, both around privacy and the App Store, and is seen as a self-interested actor trying to protect its interest, its 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 you know its own monopolies or advance its own um you know revenue goals by by making it harder for other people to do app download ads in other places apple gets more revenue that kind of thing you know with ios 14.5 but but what's also striking to me beyond the hostility of the coverage is just the general mood now that we're all in where we we are surrounded by these devices everybody we know uses them these websites we we feel compelled to use them i mean we work in this industry but Everybody feels compelled to participate, and there's more and more and more ambivalence or dissonance around it. But nobody feels um, like they can stop, you know, stop using these tools. I mean, Facebook is the perfect example. I've talked to a million people. You know, everybody's ambivalent about Facebook, but no one quits. And and Facebook. The question for Facebook though is, how many are buying into their hardware world? Not that many, right? That's where the distrust is showing up because their portal device, as far as I can tell, is kind of a failure. I mean, they just released a new version of it, but it, it has really not sold relative to the others, their smart screen. And I think the glasses, you know, it's interesting. The Facebook brand does not appear anywhere on the physical glasses. It's on the box, it's apparently. Ray, I don't, Ray-Ban, right? <laughs> right. It's and that's brand. very yeah. that's very self-conscious because I think if it was like Facebook on the side or something, it would be even more... Uh, rejected than than it may be. You know, that's the first thing out of the reviewer's mouths. These glasses are really pretty cool. They're sort of normal, but I don't know how I feel about you know them being a, a, an extension of Facebook's apparatus. You know, so we are we are trapped in a certain way in this in these ecosystems where we are feeling more and more ambivalent about using them, and like we have less and less power. Um, to, to do anything about it. And people draw the line on the Aster, the glasses, and they say, there is no way I'm going to give that. Whether the company is evil or not, the question becomes, do I really need to give up more data? And is there a, enough of a gain to do it? And it, I think a lot of people are making that assessment, even outside of the evil conspiracy model. Well, I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, go that far and say it's an evil conspiracy. I think there's a logic. Operating. It's easy to say that though. It gets said frequently. You know, right. I mean, but, but, you know, it, I think that people would have been seduced by the, by the devices. I mean, all the new, the parade of new hardware is always kind of, you know, it's like, Oh, I want the iPhone 13 and I want the pixel six and I want this new, you know, surface computer or whatever. But so speaking but now, of fanboy, I did buy an iPhone 13 pro and I have to say the macro photography is incredible. You didn't get the Pro Max. Is I did there a Pro the Max? Pro. There is a Pro Max. My hands are not big enough for the Pro Max. So the difference between the Pro and the Pro Max is just the size. Is that right? Yes, at this point. We're di- digressing into digressing now into a hardware discussion. Well, but anyway, we're, this we're is trying to end on a happy note, Greg. So yeah, yes, I'm, I'm yes. just fessing up <laughs> that I am an app. I'm fessing up to my. Well, I'm I'm contemplating the Apple, the Apple, the 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 iPhone 13, but. This is this is what I'm saying. It's like these devices that used to seduce and and excite us now are seen as instruments of you know some surveillance apparatus that's ultimately you know coming coming for our data and 
will exclude us from health insurance, <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so um, next week, Mike is going to be on a fabulous, speaking of health insurance, he's going to be on a, on a, uh, a bike trip. And uh, so we will have a special guest, hopefully, um, who we will announce at the time. And um, Mike, I hope you have a great time on your trip. We'll see you back in two weeks. For All sure. Right. Sounds good. Thank you Thanks very much. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yep. Thanks for joining David, Mike, and Greg. To stay on top of the latest developments in local, subscribe to our newsletter at nearmedia.co. We'll see you next week.